Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 21st. Now we're back into leadership skills. If ever it becomes your duty in life to form a committee, see to it that each member has his own area of responsibility. Much time will be saved if those persons are excluded who, with nothing specific to do, would otherwise talk endlessly to little purpose just to show their involvement in what is going on. Chat sessions are, of course, different, but when there is work to be done, each committee member should have an area for which he is personally responsible. Thus, when a decision is reached, it can be given to him to implement directly. Swami Kriyananda was fond of a book that my father was also fond of, so I sort of grew up on it, thinking that it was part of everybody's culture. It turns out it's not. Among other things, it's probably... Let's see, let me guess. The book is probably 80 years old now, maybe even older. It's called Parkinson's Law. And it was written by uh, Lord Northcote Parkinson or something like that. Um, I can't remember his exact name. It's, it's probably, you can probably get it free everywhere because it must be in the public domain by now. It's a marvelous book. It's about human nature and it's about how businesses run. And one of the entries, I mean, it's not this one, we learned it from Parkinson's Law, but it is one of Parkinson's Law. He talks about committees, and he talks about the less actual responsibility a person has, the more inclined they are just to talk, because they don't have to, they don't have to, they don't have to follow through on anything they say, so they can just make any suggestions they want. Swami Kriyananda himself said that when he was on the board of directors, of SRF, or even before he was on the board of directors, when he would just be involved in meetings, but he had no actual bottom line responsibility, he was much more free with his ideas and his possibilities than afterwards when he was running Ananda and really had to take responsibility for everything he said. Then you're much more careful, and we're not talking about chat sessions, and we're not talking about open-ended brainstorming, because brainstorming is often a very positive thing to do. But if you don't have to actually follow through, then often one can be quite even irresponsible and even argue for ideas that are not at all practical because you're not the one who has to implement it. But if everybody involved has to actually implement something, then you think about the ideas very differently. You don't just say, oh, we'll get somebody to do it. I mean, I've been in lots of groups because I have been in community for decades, and I, I, not even in formal committees, but I've watched when people aren't actually going to have to carry it out. Sometimes they're the most emphatic about what they think should happen. So one of the ways, as Swami says, to avoid the trouble and difficulty of that is exactly as he said. Make sure that everybody who's in the meeting will have responsibility for something. It makes them more, more expert in what they'll say and also more practical and you waste less time. Parkinson, in his book, has a long story about how that works. A few other Parkinson's laws that are extremely interesting. He talked about how when 
by the time he talks about when a company is creatively growing its reality, just developing it in the most exciting way and making things happen. He said they're usually overcrowded, understaffed. Um, The office is often very untidy. The inventory is lined up in boxes in the hall. You know, nothing on the physical plane is is organized yet or, or, or ideal yet because all the energy is going into creating what you're doing. He said, by the time you have the time to build your perfect headquarters, all your time and money is going into building your perfect headquarters. Whereas earlier, it's actually going into doing what you're really doing. So people tend to see that the, the co- company has really arrived because they have this great building with plush carpet and all these perfect systems. He said it's usually on the way. It's almost over by that point. It's a very interesting. And the example he used, which was very fresh at the time this book was written, was the British Empire in India. Because um, in India was liberated um, from the British rule by Gandhi. 1948 was the year. Uh, could be 49. I, for some reason, I'm not certain. But it was right then, right at that time. And India had, uh, England had been running its world in India for, for quite a number, a lot, many, many, perhaps centuries, certainly decades and decades at that point, centuries. They'd been there, the British Trading Company, gradually encroaching itself, taking over the country. And then they decided to build their own capital in New Delhi. And they dedicated themselves to building this capital in New Delhi. And just as they finished it, the empire was taken away from them because when they had all that time to make themselves important and make it just like they wanted it, they were only making themselves important and making it just like they wanted it. And so it's, it's, it's very interesting to think about. Um, I've, I've noticed it in the context because I, Ananda has become a worldwide organization now and we're scattered all over in different time zones and different countries and there's a natural inclination to want to coordinate what we do. And I'm not, I'm not at all good with organization. Swamiji, I'm not rebellious, but I'm just not good at it. Swamiji basically has never given me an administrative position because he knows I'm terrible at it. I just don't, I don't function that well. Um, you know, he said he, there was some major coordinating position and I, I looked like I might be a candidate for it. And he said Asha would last about five minutes in that position and she would hate all of those five minutes because it's not my way. So with that condition, let me say, whenever we start coordinating, I always think to myself, coordination to a certain extent is very good, but if the coordination gets too complicated and too detailed, you spend all your time coordinating and you're no longer creating or actually doing anything. You're just trying to take everything and make sure it's coordinated. So you always have to balance, and I always think of Parkinson's Law. You know, when you're really being creative and when a lot of people are taking initiative and being highly inspired, there's a level of chaos in it. It's just the way it is because everybody's too busy. Oftentimes when I'm trying to move a new initiative forward, I sometimes people want to get everything in line before you do it. I think it should just be, it doesn't have to be tidy. We can just sort of, a bunch of people doing a bunch of good things. If the overall effect is more positive than negative, the little bit of crossed wires can easily be straightened out compared to 
the, the, all that will be lost if, we, if we're working so hard to make it orderly. Now, I'm, I'm drifting off into Parkinson's Law, but what, what Swamiji is talking about, and, and I know he, because he, he himself has referred to Parkinson when he mentions this, that we always have to think about what the real effect is and what we're really trying to accomplish. One of the aphorisms of Ananda, one of the, the rules, I guess is the word, one of the guiding principles of Ananda that, that Swamiji got from Master himself is you have to be practical in your idealism. So it isn't just a question of what looks good and so on. It's what actually really brings about what you're trying to accomplish. So the most important thing you have to think about is what am I trying to accomplish? Now Swamiji, in this, in these Living Wisely, Living Well book, has many, many different times he keeps re- coming back to the theme of leadership and which is how to uh, get people together to work in the right way because drawing, drawing the best out of people, you know, figuring out what everybody can do and then um, ar- arranging your organization or your community in such a way that everybody gets to offer their best into it is what makes dynamic people want to be part of it. One of the things that was so enticing about Ananda in the first years was that everything was unformed. And so everybody had the opportunity to be in a position of of real influence because there was no established ways of doing things. One of the things that concerns me, although I'm seeing that because Ananda keeps spreading, you know that once there is a certain established way, the kind of people who will want to be part of your group are people who like to have things in an established way, who like to be able to say, this is the way we do it, instead of saying, wow, we have a a new situation here. What do you think we should do? What would Master do? What would Swami do? If Swamiji were faced with this, how would he handle it? Instead of, how have we always done it? You see, there's a great deal of difference between the two. So having the opportunity for every individual to really learn responsibility, magnetism, practical idealism is extremely important. So Swami says, when you establish a committee, it's not just a question of getting everybody in the room who wants to have a voice. You, you do want people, and Swami's given us many other suggestions, you do want to ask people what they think. And Swami had a way, and he was often on the phone or when email came, it was there. He would consult with people. He would call someone up and ask them what they thought. I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think about it? So he was very good at involving people, but he was also very good at involving people in the right way so that you didn't bring into the room a bunch of people who, because they were invited, felt they needed to say something, even though they had no investment, as I was saying at the beginning, and therefore weren't so able to do it. But the advantage of committees, there's many positives. Swami said once, there are many people in the world who only ever have a few good ideas in their life, but they may have some really good ideas. And you want to be sure that you provide the opportunity for them to be able to say them and to do them. But good ideas also have to be practical ideas. Because ideas that just uh, have this theoretical reality when the 
energy isn't really there to make them happen. That's what it really comes down to. The energy isn't really there to make it happen. And it's an instinct that effective leaders really get, to be able to tell the difference between a good idea and a practical idea. And another way, I mean, this Swami's not talking about it here, but it's, it, it, it sort of has been a joke at Ananda, but a good joke. If you suggest it, you get to do it. And that's a variation on this, which is to say if you really advocate an idea in the context of Ananda, that you can't order someone else to do it. It's, it's, uh, if, you, if, you are, if you have the inspiration, then you also need to have the magnetism and the energy to carry through. And part of it is because when Swami would organize committees, he would make sure that the people who had a voice also had responsibility. And it, it goes both ways. It's like, great, if I have the idea, I get to carry it out. I don't have to just give my idea to someone else and watch them misunderstand and mess it up. If, if I think it's a good idea, then I myself get to implement it in the way that I know it's going to work, instead of having to be disappointed and watch. But having sort of been, been raised and trained in a context where um, you weren't invited just to talk through your hat and seem important and then go away, you were invited to be really a part of the solution. And if, if you knew yourself that you didn't have the, the, the time or the talent to carry through, then you would present your idea in a very different way, just aware that this may not be practical. This may be a good idea, but this may not be practical. And in this way, you yourself as a leader will be effective. The people who work with you will be grateful and will respect you. And you can sort of gradually also weed out the talkers from the doers. And talkers have their place, definitely. People who can spin really marvelous ideas, there's times when you really want them to be doing that. Because otherwise our thinking becomes too mundane. And I I, I saw Swamiji encourage people in really grand ideas sometimes just to break, you know, the hypnosis of smallness and lack of originality. But when it came time to really implement things, Swami handled it differently. So he says, If ever it becomes your duty in life to form a committee, see to it that each member has his own area of responsibility. Much time will be saved if those persons are excluded who, with nothing specific to do, would otherwise talk endlessly to little purpose just to show their involvement in what is going on. Chat sessions, of course, are different. But when there is work to be done, each committee member should have an area for which he is personally responsible. Thus, when a decision is reached, it can be given to him to implement directly. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.